Hi, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Book Goodies, the author series of podcasts. My name is Deborah Carney. I'm your host, and I'm joined today by um, author Bill Hobbs. Hi, Bill. How are you? Hi, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm awesome. Um, I'm hoping thunderstorms don't kick out my later podcasts this afternoon. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's a nice July day here uh, in New York City. And uh, we're supposed to have thunderstorms through the rest of the day, but so far, so good. Um, Bill, why don't you introduce yourself to um, our listeners and let them know a little bit about what you're up to. Okay. Well, um, I started writing uh, about a year ago, so I'm fairly new uh, to the whole book thing. Um, But I've written a couple of books and um, am really kind of in the midst of uh, uh, two different two different routes, the, the self-published route and the traditional publishing route. So I've, I've gotten uh, kind of jumped in uh, feet first to this and, and figuring it all out as I go. Well, and that's what a lot of us are doing and a lot of our listeners are doing, so I'm sure they'd love to hear your, um, your journey. So you actually started with getting a book traditionally published. Um, is that correct? Yeah, so... Um, I started out, I wrote a business book that really uh, was focused around helping people to understand how to uh, go out and do consultative selling. Mm-hmm. So really break down complex accounts and, and build relationships, that type of thing. And I sent that book out to um, a couple of the large publishers, um, exchanged some emails with the acquisitions editors. and realized that um, I was kind of over my head in dealing directly with the publishers. Um, So I I looked around uh, for a business uh, book literary agent and uh, and found one and uh, submitted my my book to her. um, And she took a look at it and liked it and um, decided to represent me. That's really cool. And then you decided to self-publish a book based on a recommendation from your traditional publisher. Correct. So um, one of the publishers, uh, the acquisitions editor, her, her first question for me, she said, hey, I, I like your book. You have a great book. Um, how often are you speaking? <laughs> <laughs> and my response was, uh... Never? <laughs> yeah. So, uh... So I said, well, you know, I'm not, but, you know, if we put together a contract, then I'd be happy to go out and speak. And she kind of laughed and said, yeah, no, that's not how it works, <laughs> you know. So it was uh, it was kind of an eye-opener for me because um, here, you know, my narrow thinking was, hey, you write a great book and somebody likes it, then they publish it and uh, and you get your name out there. And it really doesn't work that way, not anymore. Yeah, I know. In the past, traditional publishers took care of everything, but as with any industry, there's budget cuts, and it puts more of the onus on you as the author to actually do your marketing, which is why many people are like, well, I might as well self-publish, because if I'm going to do all the work, I want to get all the money. Now, in your... in your niche, you're, you're writing a nonfiction book, and your traditional publisher is a good fit for that. Right, right, yeah. And, and my hope really initially was, was to get my name out there with a strong publisher. And, 
you know, I think at the beginning of that process, um, even though that was kind of a narrow-minded view that, hey, if I get the right publisher, then, then my name will get out there, ultimately, as I worked through the process, found my agent, and worked with my agent, you know, I realized that regardless of, of how you do it, whether you're traditional published or self-published, there's an exorbitant amount of work that that really comes around branding and building a brand for your book. And, and I think that's something that a lot of people don't necessarily realize when they start writing a book. Right. And what our current, um, for people that have been listening along to our different author podcasts, one of the things that I'm hearing resoundingly is that you should start building your platform as soon as you have the idea for your book. Not even before you finish, you know, not even before you start writing. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think the sooner you can start, the better. Um, and, you know, there's so many different ways you can get your name out there depending on the type of book that you have. But the big thing I think, you know, as you guys often talk about is, you know, build build up your, your base, build your following, build your, your folks who really identify with you and your ideas. And the sooner you can do that, the better. Um, and now you're building a brand based around your own name. Is that correct? Yeah. So um, being being kind of a new writer, um, I don't have any brand recognition. So my goal uh, with this second book that I'm self-publishing is really just to get my name out there. So I, I'm starting a speaking tour. Um, I'm going to be speaking at some different colleges in September and October and really talking with um, students about how to prepare themselves for the business world, You know how to get out there and find a job. And all of the things that, that, that come with that that people don't traditionally cover. Mm-hmm. So, so with that, I decided, well, you know, if I'm going to be out there talking to everybody, I might as well have something with me to sell. And to your point earlier, um, having a book that I self-publish, though I may not sell a ton of copies, every copy that I sell will be substantially more dollars to offset my travel costs. Right. And also, um, it's like a business card. It, it automatically makes you an authority. People really, 99% of the people out there don't care what the imprint is on the book anymore. They just know it's a book. And right. they don't know whether a book is a vanity press or a POD or whatever kind of self-publishing route that you went. Um, they just know it's a book. And right. you have it that you could hold up in your hand. You can hand it to college professors or guidance counselors or whoever you want to get in front of. And you can actually hand them a physical book. Yep, absolutely. And that's why I thought it was really important um, that I work with some folks who knew what they were doing when it came to designing the layout of the book and designing the cover of the book. Because, you know, the the big differentiator, if, if I pick up a book and look at it, is, well, does this look extremely professional? Does mm-hmm. this look like, you know, the types of books that are on the market? And I think that's what people you know, are judging uh, a lot of it you know unfortunately it is you, you know people judge a book by its cover yep well and people don't realize how important that cover is again going to the people that are self-publishing that might have some graphic skills make sure you go to a professional that um, can help you with your book cover and make sure that the elements aren't too much or too little uh, they know you know, if you go, one of the one of the tips that I've that I've heard that's really good is 
go to Amazon or go to Barnes and Noble and do a search on the type of book that you're going to publish and look at those covers, especially the ones that jump out at you and grab your eye and see what elements they're using. Obviously, you don't want to copy someone else's cover, but you can get some really good ideas as to what kind of covers people are looking at. And you can rank by best selling, so you can see what the best selling covers look like. Right. And, and, you know, when I did that, I was surprised because, yes, I'm looking at business books, but in this particular shelf for the type of book um, that I was designing, the backs of the books, uh, for example, all kind of followed a similar uh, pattern in, in this particular shelf. But then when I looked at other business books that were non-related to career job, um, they were a totally different back. So. Mm-hmm. You know, things like that, you'll see when you look at a hundred different books, you'll see that characteristically there's some things that are similar. And that's really, really important for people to pay attention to. Um, Now, the other thing uh, in your self-published book, did you get any help with editing? How? Well, first of all, your self-published book, where are you, what platform are you publishing that on? So um, I have not um, sent it yet uh, to be done, but I believe that I'm going to use uh, Lightning Source. Okay. Um, and um, I, I may also use uh, a couple of other uh, designers just to make sure I've got exactly what I want um, from a uh, from a cover standpoint. But um, but ultimately, um, you know, putting it together was a, a quite a process. You ask about the editor. Um, I actually used an editor. We went back and forth uh, probably five different iterations of the final. Okay. Um, you know, which I think is pretty standard. You, you feel like you've gotten something done. You're excited about it. But you really need to take a sober look, take a little time off, and, and go back and look at it again and say, hey, is this the p- best piece of work I can put together or not? Um, well- and so that's why we went back and forth so many times. Well, and yes, you're right. This is this is getting to be pretty standard from the folks that, you know, that I'm talking to. They're getting it edited. You know, they're on their it's usually their fourth or fifth draft that is finally the one that's going to print. And it's because like you said, when you get done with it the first time around, you know it's not complete. You do a second run through and then you're still too close to it because right. you know what you want to say. But does everybody else get that same thing out of it? So each time you read it, and even if you have family read it, they know you, they know your voice, they know how you talk. They can uh, influence how they read it based on how they know you. So they're still not far enough away. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I, I uh, ironically, I my brother is an editor, so I actually used my brother for this book and. Um, he was very, uh, very professional and uh, very professionally critical, um, mm-hmm. which I was happy with because I was a little concerned. Hey, this is my brother. You know, he may read into it too much. He may do this. He may do that. But um, I found that after I had given it to six or seven people to read, a lot of the same comments were coming back. And that's mm-hmm. really when you know, hey, if I got a bunch of the same comments coming back, you know, that, that folks are critical on then I probably do need to take another look at that. Yeah, that would be a pretty good sign. I know one of the other authors I interviewed said that she gave her transcript to uh, probably about 15 people, 
And if anyone, um, if any two of them mention the same problem, then she would take a look at it. And then the individual problems she would still look at, but she would mark them down to individual taste if it was something that she felt was fine and they just thought was a little convoluted. So she might yeah. take a little bit of a swing at it, but normally, you know, obviously you're not going <laughs> to, you're not going to please a hundred percent of the people. No way. Absolutely not. And everybody has an opinion and, and ultimately whether it's the editor or whether it's independent people you're having read it, um, you know, they're all going to have an, a different opinion. And as long as you can read it as, hey, this is an opinion mm-hmm. uh, versus, hey, this is something that is actually problematic with, mm-hmm. with the text itself, um, then I think, I think that type of feedback is very helpful. All right. And what's the book that I don't think we mentioned the name of the book yet? So um, this book that I'm self-publishing, uh, it's called The Workbook, um, and it's subtitled Build Your Personal Brand and Get Hired. Okay. You want to tell us a little bit more about it? So, yeah, really what it does is it's for career changers and um, folks who may be new to the market. And what it does is it, it walks through the thought process um, you know, how do I decide on a new career? Um, what are the things I want to consider? What are the things that that I want to think through? You know, what am I what am I uniquely um, qualified for and potentially going to be successful uh, in doing? And then it walks through uh, preparation for things like interviewing and um, uh, deciding on companies, uh, negotiating uh, with companies once you get offers, um, and then it it has kind of a second part to it that really walks through uh, what what is it that is going to help me from a career planning standpoint and what can I do to really put a, uh, a solid plan in place to, to help me to become successful over the next uh, you know month, six months, year, so on. I like it. Um, that, that's something that, you know, again, when you're now, how do you plan to, how do you plan to market that one? So, um, the, the marketing piece has been, been quite, quite an interesting and fun experience. I had, um, I had a PR person, um, uh, who I was working with and then I decided to, to kind of try to, try to do the PR piece myself, um, which I, I think, um, if, if you have a major book and you have, something that you're really going to get out there. I think it's great to have a PR person, particularly maybe three to six months before you release your book. Um, and then for maybe three to six months after as well. But, um, but a lot of what I'm doing is really what, um, the acquisitions editors and my agent recommended I do on the other book, which is get out there and speak to people, get out there and talk about, um, the things that that people need to do to put themselves in a good position to be successful, and so I've got a lot um, a lot of uh, scheduled time to go out and speak with people. I've also uh, set up a website. I've got um, I'm working with the uh, Help a Reporter Out website um, to see about uh, you know different um, articles and of course podcasts and things that. That will get the word out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we love help a reporter out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, I used them for this particular series of podcasts and got over ninety responses. That's the biggest response I've had so far, and that's a lot of people. 
That's um, awesome. And it it is awesome because, you know, and in your case, you get to, you know, scan through and see who needs to know what you're doing. But if there was something that you needed to do an article or some research for, you can put in a query. And right. you may get back, you know, a lot of very interesting information that you, you know, you didn't consider. So, um, although you can't use it directly for polls or that sort of thing, right. you can, you know, for a nonfiction book, there is there are a lot of ways that you can use the help a reporter out to uh, newsletter to get um, to get some really good solid people to talk to. Um, okay, so you're doing speaking engagements. You started, um, and how did you get the speaking engagements? You made phone calls to the colleges, or yeah. So, so that part wasn't as fun. Um, <laughs> yeah, I had to come up with lists. I came up with my own lists and um, put together an email and um, uh, called everybody, sent out an email. Um, the first set of emails that I sent uh, were not real uh, successful. So I kind of changed my message a little bit and um, put together a second email mm -hmm. and sent that out and then followed up with phone calls and uh, was able to to schedule some different speaking engagements, um, which uh, I'm excited about. But it, it was not uh, as simple as saying, hey, I'd like to go get out on the road and speak right. when we get started. Um, it was definitely a process and, and there were some some starts and, and stops with it, but um, it took me about two months to get everything squared away. Well, and that's really important for our listeners to hear because a lot of them, um, a lot of people are writing nonfiction books and uh, speaking is such an important piece of that. And, you know, there are going to be paid speaking gigs, but when you're first starting out, you're going to do speaking gigs where you're covering your own expenses just to get yourself out there. And right. you need to find conferences in your genre, um, you know, be it nonfiction, science fiction, you know, fantasy, romance, whatever. There are conferences out there that you should be going to. And, you know, maybe the first time just as an attendee to get the lay of the land. And then the next time to, to you know, get on the speaker roster. And right. that's, that's so important. And they're always looking for new people, no matter what well, conference. They're always looking for new people. Yeah, and video is the big thing. I mean, depending on what what type of track you're you're looking to pursue, you know, particularly with speakers bureaus, they want to actually see you speak. They mm -hmm. want to hear your message, and and it needs to be more than three minutes. A lot of folks want to see twenty minutes so that they know you've wow. got strong message, and you know, and that you can really connect with an audience. That's really good to know. And are you putting those videos out on YouTube, or are you just sending them to people individually? So kind of my goal with the college speaking tour was really to get video first. Okay. Um, and then once I've got the video, then I am going to send it to the speakers bureaus. Some of the colleges have asked me if they can uh, put the stuff online as well, which I think is helpful. And oh, that's going to be really helpful. <laughs> yeah. So... Uh, you know, it's really just a, a process, I think, and I, I, I think, you know, what you said about going out to the conferences and meeting with people is so critical. Um, several of the contacts I've made that have been very helpful in mentoring me have been folks I've met at, you know, various conferences and things where other people are speaking. Um, and, and me personally, 
it's not my favorite thing to go do. So, so you know, I kind of kind of force myself to get out and go to some of those. But uh, ultimately, the people you meet there are just great. So if, if you keep in mind, hey, you know what, it may not be the most fun thing to start out doing. Um, ultimately, you'll probably meet some great people, and then you'll have a lot of fun. Well, and that's a really good point is that a lot of authors are private people that like to be by themselves and, you know, you like to work alone and uh, many, most, if not all, unless you're doing it part-time, most of you work from home. You know, you don't go to an office to sit down at a computer and write. And they're very, they're, even though they may write very wonderful uh, books that are very outgoing and very outspoken, they may be very introverted people and you got to get out of your comfort zone if you want to sell yourself because like you said first of all you have to build your personal brand and then you've got to build your book brand and right. you really need to get yourself out there to do that you can sit behind your computer and use social media to a certain extent but you really need to get out there um, in your case it's going to colleges and having speeches you know for other fiction and poetry writers it's going to a local independent bookstore and say hey I want to do a reading right. you know just do something to get yourself out there in front of the public yeah because people really I think want to help each other I think it's hard to want to help people um, over social media to some extent I mean particularly um, in a lot of cases I feel like well this you know this person added me on such and such social media site primarily because they wanted me to add them and right. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, that's not helpful for them or me. But I right. do think when you're meet, meeting people in person, um, th there's a very different uh, situation there because I think people do want to help each other. They do want to learn from each other and they do want to promote each other. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of making that personal connection. Yeah. Now, do you work with any writers groups? Do you have like a, a writers group that you work with locally or online to um, help you I, with your own I, writing? I've actually just kind of started working um, with some folks, and um, there's a, a, a group uh, in D.C. that does some independent stuff. Um, I've made some contact with them, but I'm really in my early stages with, with the writer uh, collaboration because primarily what I'm focused on is the marketing piece. So I'm making a lot more contacts in the, you know, the, the marketing arena, the PR arena, and the um, uh, other authors who have successfully published you know, right. those books, that type of thing. Yeah, those are the people you want to talk to. <laughs> yeah. You've already done it. Now give me some tips. Um, as a, um, now, and your traditional book is, uh, what's the title of that one? So the traditional book right now is called uh, Become Relevant. Um, and it's really uh, a book focused on uh, major account strategy and consultative selling. So the goal is to become relevant to the customer versus going in to try to sell them something. Okay. And that's gone through the editing process or it's just kind of on hold? I know she said she recommended that you build your brand with the second book first. Right. Yeah. Still... So oh, what I did with that, um, I, I spoke with some other folks who had successfully published books traditionally and um, they recommended that I absolutely get it edited and work through it before submitting it. I know there's a lot of debate there. Some people say, well, hey, just sketch it out, send them a couple of, uh, uh, a couple of chapters and, uh, and see what happens. But 
Um, as a new writer, I think, particularly with the way my book worked, um, it's it's a it's a uh, in that self help uh, category, but it's really almost reads like a novel. Okay. So, it would have been really challenging for me to send them three chapters and for them to really get what I was trying to do. So I had it completely edited, um, used a professional editor to do that. Um, and then, um, and then sent it, you know, completely edited, which I'm really happy I did that because I did debate back and forth whether I really needed to do it. But ultimately I think it helped, uh, really solidify, in my mind, exactly what the book concept was, and um, and I was able to fix some things that otherwise would have just gone through. I like that. I like that attitude. Get it. Get it all right. You know they're going to edit it again themselves anyway. Oh, absolutely. But, but yes. making it as perfect as you can before you send it to them, and making sure you know what your message is. Right. Because you know, ultimately, they're looking at so many different manuscripts. I mean, if they don't immediately connect with your message, then they're going to move on to the next one. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I think if they can connect with your message, um, you know, like my uh, my agent, for example, uh, she called me after reading the book and she said, hey, I'm 26 pages into this thing um, and I love it. Good. And I said, oh, well, great. And I was really happy that that she said that because I felt like when I first wrote it that the first 40 pages were too slow you mm -hmm. know that reading it you know it just felt too slow so I actually changed it after um, the editor sent it back to me and really sped up the beginning so you really get to the point earlier and so I was happy that that actually connected with her because she very well may have had the opposite impression if I had sent it as is mm -hmm. so that's that's all great advice. Um, if if someone were starting out, just you know, they're just fresh. They just got their idea for their uh, nonfiction uh, book that they want to get out there. What would be the first thing for you to recommend that they do? So, um, at least for me, and, and like I said, I started writing about a year ago. So I, I'm kind of discovering my own process as I go. But for me, certainly outlining what you want to put together first is really helpful and what I do is I put together an outline and I think of all the different things that I want to talk about and then I arrange them in an order uh, that has a logical flow and then I just start writing in those sections so basically the 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 headline or uh, that that's that's in the outline then becomes a section within the book and then that really forms the the basis for kind of the bulk of the book. And then I then I work on arrangement and and everything else later. But um, a friend of mine likes to always say, um, "Don't get it written, get it writ." So yeah. You know, so you know, I get it writ first, and then and then I work through actually writing it and and making it connect and and effective for the reader. Well, and by outlining it, you figure out which pieces you haven't thought about yet because when you go through the flow, um, I'm in the process of writing an, uh, non or compiling a nonfiction book from uh, a variety of sources. And you realize that if you're telling people a step-by-step -step guide how to do something, you need to make sure you don't skip any of the steps. Right. And by getting your outline together, you know, okay, I need to do this, 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 and this. Oops, this is missing. So. Right, exactly. And, and, you know, to your point, one thing that I do, particularly when it's like a, an illustration or something like that, where I may be saying do this, then this, then this, 
is I actually have someone else follow those steps and I see what they come up with. Perfect. Um, you know, and that really kind of solidifies it for you because they may say, hey, look, I, I don't know what you mean here. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, you need to rewrite that step. I mean, it made sense in your head, but it doesn't exactly make sense for, for the reader. So, yeah. um, so I, I, I use another person to do that, but, um, but I'll often do it first myself just because it saves you time. Mm-hmm. Well, and one of my favorite stories is about an author that I interviewed um, early on in the series. And she was like, she has a beta reader that will actually come to her house and read the book. And she sits there, you know, not staring at her, but she sits there in the room with her watching her reactions. And she looked at the woman and said, did you read this section already? And she goes, yeah. Well, you didn't laugh. That was a funny section. You were supposed to laugh. And right. she went back to it, and she read it again, and she goes, that's not funny. And I'm like, <laughs> but, but it's funny. You're supposed to, no, honey, that's not funny. You better rewrite it. <laughs> yeah, you may want to redo that. And I had a similar situation where um, I was actually responding to a reporter's uh, inquiry on um, Help a Reporter Out. And um, the lady asked for a funny uh, story about uh, something. And so I, I sent her what I thought was kind of funny. Um, but it was really only funny because it happened to me. <laughs> it was really, you know, she wrote me back and said, hey, this isn't that funny. I feel sorry for you that this happened to you. <laughs> you <know? laughs> said, oh, OK, good point. I guess, um, you know, it was only funny because it happened to me, you know. Well, at so- least you tried. Yeah, so I think it, it, it does make a big difference to really get someone's opinion on on what you've put together, you know, because you really want to convey the message that you're trying to convey. And that's what rewrites are about. That's And and that's a part of the writing process that maybe it's so quick to self-publish now with KDP and, you know, with Kindle and with CreateSpace that um, people are taking a lot of shortcuts and the readers are noticing and you'll find that there's a lot of books that have bad reviews because they weren't you know they weren't rewritten enough right you know, when you finish your first draft put it away come back to it a little while later and every 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 draft you know every first draft needs to be rewritten uh, absolutely know, first draft is never ever your final draft yeah so. absolutely and and along those lines i would i would also say be sure that you don't cut costs in areas where you really shouldn't. So, mm-hmm. you know, editing is a big area where you really want a good editor and you really do want to pay a good editor what they're worth to actually do the work. You know, designing the book cover, um, laying out the the interior of the book typesetting, you really don't want to cut corners on that stuff. Um, and, you know, for me, I have a marketing background. Um, I've got a lot of that stuff, but the reality is you're emotionally tied to the book. So, yeah. I think in areas you know where where expertise can be uh, hired um, and it's necessary, you should absolutely do it, and you should hire the best people you can get. Yeah, and you, for a lot of our listeners, they're they're of the I can do it all mode, and the resounding thing that I'm hearing through all successful um, or authors in the process is the editor and the book cover. And the layout. All three of those things need to be really addressed by someone who knows what they're doing. And your readers can tell the difference. Um, yeah. Now, do you, um, do you write from home? Do you write? Do you have a full-time job? How, how does that work? 
Yeah, I do. I do both. Um, I, I like to write on the weekends um, and, and some evenings if I have time. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's really a, for me writing is kind of a another world that I can go into. It helps me organize my thoughts. It helps me really um, think through ideas, and and so it's kind of therapeutic for me. That's nice. And it also gives you ideas for speaking engagements. Once you get out there and start speaking, you start looking through your book and you go, oh, wait, I can cover this in a whole, and, you know, I can do a <laughs> yeah. whole hour on this. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. And you'll be excited when you get feedback from the people that you've gone out um, on the speaking engagements, too. If um, Now, is there anything else that you would want to, in particular, tell a beginning author um, or an established author for that? for that matter? Um, I, I think, you know, primarily, like I said, make sure that you get a good group of people that, that, that you work with. And, and um, you know, regardless of whether you feel like you can do it all, um, the reality is if you hire somebody who's, who's doing it 50 times a day, um, they're going to just be better. You know, they're going to be in better shape, quite frankly, you know, to put together something than you are if you do it once, once every six months or once a year. So, you know, it's not really about whether you can or can't do it. Um, it's really about whether you, you can put out the best product you possibly can. And really that comes from collaboration. That's awesome. Did you, uh, are you going to put this out um, electronically or is it just going to go print? Yeah, so um, I think I think what I'm going to do is put it out electronically. Right now, I'm working through um, the the final touches with um, uh, the folks who are doing the typesetting and, and the cover, and um, and then once that's done, then I can convert it to the different file formats for an ebook. But I think particularly for my target audience, for for students and and folks who are just getting out into the workforce. And a lot of people really like the ebooks nowadays. So, you know, I, I think that stuff really depends on your audience. And for me, I think the ebook is a great way to go. I'm glad that you have a really good handle on your audience because there are some people that would push back from the ebook idea, but your target audience is very definitely using e readers and, you know, iPads and, and everything else and, you know, something that they're not carrying tons of books around or sitting at home, you know, with a big heavy book on their lap. They rather have their tablet or their whatever right. e-reader they have. Exactly. Um, so, well, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to talk to me. Where can and for our readers, uh, listeners, <laughs> listeners <laughs> slash readers, if I ever get it transcribed. Um, <clears throat> okay, so where can people find you on the internet? So um, the best way to find me is just my uh, my main website, which is www.bill-hobbs.com. And, and Hobbs has um, two Bs. Yeah, H-O-B-B-S dot com. So it's uh, www.bill-hobbs.com. Um, okay. And I'm also on Twitter as uh, Hobbs underscore Bill. Okay. Um, so folks can find me there. Um, Facebook? Facebook as well, uh, just Bill Hobbs. I keep that one a little more private, but I do have a, um, I have a business website uh, that kind of updates news and articles that I think are interesting, and that's just Facebook forward slash 
biz b i z news n e w s spot. So oh, I biz like news that. spot. Biz yeah. news spot. I like that. I wonder why that was available. <laughs> <laughs> you snuck in it. on that one. Yeah, you snuck in <laughs> on that one. Biz news spot. Um, on Facebook. So that's great. One of the reasons I ask you to do that is a lot of our folks listen to us on podcatchers and on iTunes. So we like to be able to show them where to go um, and find out more information about you and your books and keep up to date. And also we would like to encourage all of those of you that are listening that are on our website to please go to bookgoodies.com and uh, do a search for Bill Hobbs and you'll find the podcast and you can leave us some comments. You can also click at the top of the page on the contact us to, uh, to offer to be a guest or to let us know a topic you would like covered. And also you can tell us about your books by clicking on the tell us about your book link right at the top of the page at bookgoodies.com. You can also find us on Twitter and Facebook, both at slash bookgoodies. And uh, as always, we want to thank geekcast.fm for hosting all of our podcasts. There's a lot of really neat podcasts there um, about authors, about marketing, about internet marketing, and um, a new series about uh, work-at-home moms and dads. So we cover quite a lot of uh, issues that authors uh, may be interested. And again... That is geekcast.fm. If you'd like to follow me on Twitter, it's twitter.com slash Loxley, L-O-X-L-Y, like in Robin Hood, Robin of Loxley. And also, um, you can go to my website at debracarney.com. And thanks, everybody, for listening. Get writing, and have a great day. Thanks, Deb.